Hi, I'm Marion Brown, one of your associate pastors, and I'm actually standing in the historic Roswell Cemetery. I am standing by the marker uh, from the history of our church. In 1836, our church began in a building of a log cabin. That log cabin later became an A-frame building, and then later on the building moved. So right here, I stand in the holy place of the beginning of our story, of our history, and our worship of Chapel Roswell. And because I'm in a cemetery, I actually am standing in the holy place of the beginning of an Easter story. And you know this story. Jesus, one Thursday night, was eating dinner, sharing a meal, breaking bread with friends. The next day, he was crucified, and they brought him into a tomb, and they sealed it. They put the big stone in front of it. And three days later, the women came to the cemetery. They came to check on him and begin their own ritual, not unlike our own of coming to visit and coming with flowers and coming with a rite and with words and with prayers to visit. And somehow the women, when they got there, they didn't expect what they saw. The stone was rolled away and the tomb was empty. And the women immediately ran to tell other people. They told the disciples and all of Jesus' friends. And their reactions from the disciples were a little different. Some stayed where they were. Other disciples ran to the cemetery to see it for themselves. But then there were two. Two people. And what they began to do, they began to walk away. They began to walk away from the holy place. They began to walk away from the holy city of Jerusalem. And they began to walk away from all that they knew. They began to walk away and socially distance, if you will. They walked away from all their normal routines and all their normal activities and all of the community. They began to walk away from that story. And as they walked away, they began to discuss the details of the day. They began to discuss all of the events that had been happening over these days. And they began to talk about them over and over again. And so they walked and they talked. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And Jesus said, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place these days? Right now, everyone in the world is talking about COVID-19 restrictions and regulations. We are constantly having text updates, social media, reading news headlines, and every conversation we have with friends and family, we are retelling the events of these days over and over and over again. And so if a stranger were to walk up to me right now, I know exactly what I would do. I would back up and I would put on my mask. And if that stranger were to say, what are these things that you're talking about? And why are you wearing a mask? And where did all the people go? I don't think that I would recognize that either. Because no matter where you are, 
no matter what situation you are in, you are in a place where COVID-19 is changing our story and our history and our worship. We are on on our own seven-mile journey to Emmaus. We are on, like the disciples, our road to Emmaus. I'm walking here on Canton Street. And if you are familiar with this area, then you know that normally it's a lot busier than it is right now. Because no matter what time of day you are out, there are people everywhere. There are people walking and exercising and there are people eating and they're here having a good time. There are people who come here for anniversaries and for parties and for birthdays and celebrations. People come out of town to be on Canton Street and then some people just come for date night and family night. This street is always a lot busier with people finding parking or waiting for a table to eat outside. If you're not from here, then probably there's a road wherever you live that doesn't look quite the same anymore. There's less activity. There are less people. And thankfully in Atlanta, there's a little less traffic. And so here we are like the disciples. And like the disciples, we are walking away. We are walking down a familiar road. And we are talking about the events of the day. Yet somehow, the people and the places are unrecognizable. Now, I have to be honest, part of the unrecognizable to me are the masks. I'm still getting used to the masks, so please hear me say, you need to follow CDC guidelines and always wear your mask and your gloves. I've had to get used to my mask. A few days ago, I actually had to go to the grocery store. I had a few things to pick up in between my pickup dates. And I pulled in to the parking lot, and there were several other people that pulled in as well. And what was interesting to me is I watched them as they put on their mask. It's very funny because people put on their mask, and immediately they start to fix their hair. They took down that visor mirror, they adjusted their rear view mirror, and they began to put their mask on and just fix themselves a little bit and make sure it all looked good and put their baseball cap on straight. And I thought, how funny is that? We're not going to be able to recognize you anyway. Because, see, for me, I don't look that nice when I put my mask on. It's taken me a while. I'm a little more awkward with it because as soon as I put my mask on, I stop breathing. I have no idea why. It's like, okay, I have to remind myself to breathe. And all of a sudden, it's like I can't see anymore. And as you can tell, my eyes are not covered. But somehow I started those little jerky movements. Like, okay, where is everything? I can't see the same way when I have my mask on. I realized through this that just with having a little bit of my face covered, I see everything completely differently. I don't see anything the same. And so there I was. I went to the grocery store. And I was in the parking lot. And I got my my mask on and then I went ahead and I put on my gloves and as I did all this I'm walking through reminding myself of those few items that I had to get so as I got into the grocery store I calibrated my breathing I figured out my sight just enough to find out the directional aisle traffic where I needed to be and I began to shop and as I shot, I realized that through these masks, I could feel other people's judgment. 
I went over to one of the shelves, and there it was, the last jar of my favorite salsa. And so what did I do? I grabbed the last jar of the salsa, and out of the corner of my eye, I turned, and I could see this woman scowling at me in judgment. I could feel her scowl through the mask. I go on to the next aisle, and I wait patiently. And I waited as the man finished his selection. And when he did, he turned to look at me, and he said, thank you, in a way. He didn't say a word, but I could feel it. Somehow, through the mask, I could feel these emotions from strangers. Of course, then I went to the checkout, finished shopping, and I began to make my trek back out of the parking lot or back into the parking lot. And so there I am, pushing my car, just walking along, and I hear behind me, I hear, hey, hey, how's it going? So, of course, I turn around a little bit. I'm like, who is she talking to? I almost thought, who embarrassed for her, but she just keeps talking to me. I had no idea who she was. And I was just talking. I'm like, okay, yeah, doing great. Well, I got over to my car, and at a safe distance, I went ahead and I took off my mask. And as soon as I took off my mask, I realized the whole time I'd been talking to my neighbor, my next-door neighbor. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it's almost evening and the day is now nearly over. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road? It's almost as if their masks were lifted, and they could see again. In one moment, the disciples could sense the emotions and the feelings of a stranger. They could recognize a neighbor and they could share a meal with a friend. My family, we eat all of our meals at a table. These days, we've been eating three meals a day at the table for every day for the last six weeks. And a few days ago, my daughter came up to me and she said, Mommy, we need to have a little conversation. Can I talk to you about something? I said, sure, of course you can. And she said, did you know my favorite meal of the day? I said, no, tell me, what is it? She said, well... It's lunch. It's like, that's fantastic. I said, what is it that makes you love lunch? She said, well, it's probably the food. I just love lunch food. I said, that's really interesting. And I thought the conversation was over, but it wasn't. She's like, mom, there's more. She said, I've decided I'm not going to eat with you anymore. Well, I'm not going to eat lunch with you anymore. I was like, I'm sorry, what was that? She said, yeah, I'm just really tired of eating lunch with you. I mean, I'll eat, I'll eat dinner, but i got to be by myself at lunch. So wait a minute. Are you telling me that you would rather eat by yourself than eat with me at lunch? She's like, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Great talk. Thanks a lot, Mom. She patted me on the shoulder, and off she went. It turns out my daughter loves to eat lunch with her friends. And when she eats lunch, she remembers all of the lunches that she had with her friends. When she breaks bread, she remembers. 
I asked her a follow-up question later, and I said, why is it that you want to be by yourself at lunchtime? And she said, because that's my time when I can remember all of my friends from school. It's a time when I can remember all the stuff we used to talk about at lunch. And I can remember their faces and the funny things we talked about. And she said, and mom, when I'm by myself at lunch, I can think about all the other stuff I'm going to tell them next. For the disciples and for my daughter and for all of us, meals carry memory and meals can carry hope. And as soon as the disciples remembered that meal that they had just a few days before, all of a sudden those disciples were filled with hope again. And as soon as the disciples experienced that hope, they got up and they ran back to community to tell everybody the news. Every encounter with a stranger, every recognition of a neighbor, and every meal we share in God's name, we are filled with hope for the next one. That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he had been known to them in the breaking of the bread. The disciples were changed by their time on the road, and when they got up, they couldn't wait to tell other people about it. We, too, are going to be changed from our seven-mile journey of COVID-19. And when we get back to life, I have absolutely no idea if we're going to recognize it or not. But I know one thing. I will never be able to go to the grocery store again and see it the same way. I'll never be able to walk down Canton Street and see it the same way. After we've been watching our children learn, we now will begin to support them in a different way. Now that we've watched our spouses work, we understand now how to support them differently. Now that we have watched people celebrate milestones and anniversaries and birthdays without having all their friends and family around them, we will have an impact on our relationships. After watching people grieve deaths without having that support group they needed around them, we will be present for one another in new ways. And now, after watching all of the creative and amazing ways that people are connecting, everything about our lives we should see differently. And we should see God in all of those things. I get looking forward to a time when the mask can be lifted and we can all sit around a table again. And I cannot wait. I hope that you get up as fast as you can, take all the mask off, and run, run back to the holy place, run back to your community of faith so that we can tell each other all about the things that happened on the road. I look forward to officially becoming your lead preacher in July 1st. And so now we end our walk, same place we began our walk. We stand in our own holy place. We stand in that holy place of our story and our history and our worship as Chapel Roswell.